0: Praise God. Good morning, everybody. Everybody doing well? Yes, amen. I appreciate you being here. The last Sunday in July, and uh, June and July have gone by fast, and we're getting down to the end of summer, and I appreciate you taking time to be here this morning. One of the things that I wanted to uh, just encourage you in and remind you of is, you remember back when we did the water well And uh, we raised $5,000 to drill the well in Africa, so uh, 2,000 people would have clean water. And we have a a photograph out there at the red desk of that. And, you know, when we did that, it began to rain. And uh, I read recently online that there is absolutely no drought in Texas. There's no drought in Texas. And, uh, yeah, come on, amen, amen, amen. And what I wanted to encourage you in with that is God is a God of miracles. And just like God has brought rain and drought has been broken, he, he wants to do the same thing in your life in whatever area that your need is. And I wanted you to be encouraged in that this morning. I'm going to continue on my series, Truth That Changed Our Life. What we've been is on a journey. And I started back at the beginning of the summer talking about the things that Vicky and I have learned, the things that we've come in contact with. Uh, I received Christ as a 12-year-old. Vicki and I got married and attended a church service, and she received Christ as her Savior. And we really turned our lives over to Jesus Christ, and we began this journey. And on this journey, we learned things along the way that really helped us, really encouraged us, really strengthened us, and really changed our life. The very first thing I talked about was righteousness. It was so helpful to me when I found out that God was not mad at me. And I learned that I was in right standing with him, not because of what I have or haven't done, but because of what Jesus has done. You see, God's not good to me because I'm good. He's good to me because he's good. And Jesus shed his blood for me. And when I received Jesus Christ as my Savior, the Bible says in Corinthians that I'm now the righteousness of God in Christ. And that so helped us. You know, in the Old Testament, when when a family would sin, they would bring an animal, they'd bring a lamb, or they would bring a goat to the high priest in the Old Testament. And the man would put his hands on the head of that animal, and his guilt was transferred to the innocent animal. And the animal's innocence was transferred to the man. And then the priest would take it into the temple, and he would sacrifice it. Well, when Jesus went down to the Jordan River and John the Baptist saw him, he said, "'Behold the Lamb.'" who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is my lamb offering. And when Jesus died on the cross, my sin was transferred to Jesus and his righteousness was transferred to me. Now, the difference between a lamb in the Old Testament and Jesus is the blood of animals only covered your sin. And it says in the New Testament in Hebrews that you and I are not redeemed by the blood of bulls and goats, but by the holy lamb of God. Listen, Jesus died once And for all for me. And my sins have been forgiven. And because of that, I'm in right standing with God. Listen, your sin debt has been paid. You're square with God this morning. If you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, let me say it to you again your debt's been paid. Uh, My brother's a crop duster over in Oklahoma, and he used to always say, if you owe the bank a million dollars, you're in trouble. But if you owe them $10 million, they're in trouble. And he said, so the goal is just to keep them in trouble, right? Well, here's the thing. You owed a debt to God that you could not pay. No sacrifice was acceptable from you except for the blood of Jesus. Men don't come to church for two reasons. Number one, they feel guilty. You go through your week, you do things, and you can feel guilty. The second reason is you don't show up because you think, I'm behind on my payments, right? You know, you think, man, I owe God something because of something I've done. And so just like if you owed me money and you hadn't paid and I saw you in the grocery store, you would do your best to avoid me. I talked to a man last week, and he said, you know, if you're behind on your payments to the bank, you don't go by the bank and see the banker. And if you go in that cafe and he's there, you cringe because you don't want to see him. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, your debt has been paid in full. You owed God, but your brother Jesus went to the bank, and he paid for it with his blood, and you're square with God. Once and for all that changed our life. It changed my life It changed the way I pray it changed the way I talk to God It changed everything in my life The second thing we talked about was the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, I grew up in the Baptist church didn't know anything about it uh, I ran into the Holy Spirit got filled with the Holy Spirit was speaking in other tongues That changed our life uh, It gave me the strength to live daily for God and I've had people tell me well, you know, that's only for special people Well, guess what? I'm one of them right? And you can be one of them too, amen? All you have to do is one if that changed our life. The next thing we talked about was the power of our words. Your words are like seed, okay? They're like seed. What I'd ask you this morning is what kind of seed have you been sowing lately? Have you been talking fear, doubt, and unbelief? Have you been talking lack? Or have you been saying what God says about you? What does God say about you? Well, he says, I'll supply all your need according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He says, hey, you don't have to be afraid because I'm going to take care of you. We begin to say what God was saying about us. All right, We begin to take the promises of God and we begin to say them out of our mouth. Listen, that's how you became a Christian. You see, the Baptist pastor came to my house and said, If you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross for you, you you'll be saved. I did that. I believed it. I said it. And I was transferred from darkness to light instantly. All right, that's how the kingdom works. You believe it and you say it. Well, we found that out, and it began to change our lives. Then the thing I talked about last week was the integrity of God's word. You remember the word integrity means soundness. It's solid. You can build your life on it. We begin to believe the Bible. Okay, uh, we started reading the Bible like we did the newspaper. You know, you read the newspaper and you believe absolutely every word it says. And uh, we began to read the Bible the very same way. And we didn't let the devil talk us out of it. We didn't let our grandma talk us out of it. We didn't let our circumstances talk us out of it. We began to put the Bible as a place of priority in our life. And if you will, it became the foundation of our life. Jesus said if you build on the rock, which is him and the promises that he offers, we begin to build our life on that. And when we would have a question, we would go to the Bible. Hey, honey, what do you think the Bible says about money? Well, we would go see what the Bible says. Hey, what about our kids and our children we 'd go to the Bible, and see here's what we do is we do our own thing instead of doing what Scripture says, and we made a decision that we weren't going to do that. Now we're not perfect, we make mistakes and I'm not saying that we don't, but we begin to apply it to our life. These things begin to change our life. Now here's what I 'm going to do this morning. I 'm going to show you a verse. Okay, I've given you titles the last four weeks, but I want to show you a verse in the New Testament, and the truth contained in this verse changed our life. Okay, I have a few life verses. Now, what does that mean? Well, I, I love the Bible, but I have some specific verses that God has used to speak to me. One of them's right up there on the wall. You know why Jeremiah 29 11 is on the wall? Because it's one of your pastor's life verses. And you think, well, why in the world would they put that up out of all the verses in the Bible? Well, God used that verse to minister to me, and Back when Vicky and I were young and just married and going to Bible school and we'd cash a check for $10, I hung on to the promise in that verse. You know, I, didn't, I don't have any preachers in my family. My dad wasn't a preacher. My granddad wasn't a preacher. And when I got out of Bible school, uh, the kind of Bible school I went to, once you got out, there weren't places to go preach. They didn't, they, I didn't automatically get a church. And so I didn't know what I was going to do. And I told God one time, I said, God, nobody knows me. How am I going to ever get a place to preach? And he said, uh, I, I know you. It's like, oh, thank God, right? Man, I'm glad God, God, okay, God, I'm okay then. And that verse right there ministered to me, and it was one of my life verses, that God's plans for me are good and not evil, and that I have a hope and I have a future. So the verse I'm gonna show you right now is one of my life verses, and the truth of this verse changed me. And it's Galatians three thirteen and 14. I'm gonna read to you out of the New King James Version. They're gonna put it up on the screen. And let me read it to you, and then I'm going to show you the promise in it. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. When I learned the truth in this verse, it changed our life. It was one of the things that God used to begin to change my Christianity. There's a lot in this verse. I could preach on it for weeks, but I just want to take a few minutes and show you the basic principle truth in this and help you see what belongs to you. The very first thing it says in that beginning verse is that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Okay, there's two things in that verse. I've been redeemed from something. And that something is called the curse of the law. So let me explain to you first what it means to be redeemed. Then I'll explain to you what the curse of the law is. Okay, if there's some kind of curse and I don't have to have it, I want to know what it is and I'm all happy with that. Amen? All right, what does it mean to be redeemed? It means to purchase. It means to buy something. I've told you the story many times. My grandmother would save up green stamps, and she would go to the redemption center, and she would trade in her green stamps for different items that she wanted. And it was called the redemption center because she traded those for something. Okay, you've been purchased. Okay, the Bible very plainly says you don't belong to you. That you've been bought with a price, and that price is the blood of the Lamb. That price is the blood of Jesus Christ. So to be redeemed means that you were bought from something. Colossians says this, that I and you, if you know Christ, you've been transferred to the kingdom of light, and that darkness no longer has any dominion or control over you. When did that happen? Well, it happened when I was 12 years old, and I invited Jesus Christ into my life. Listen, you're redeemed. You've been purchased. You've been bought. You see, that's why I'm no longer a sinner, okay? See, people are confused about that. Oh, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. Well, that's not true. I'm redeemed. I'm bought by the blood. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Do I sin? Yeah, you bet I sin. I make mistakes all the time. But it's not about that. It's about my place in Christ. Then the second thing it says is, is that I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Now, listen to it. Having become a curse for us, it 's written, "Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus." All right, let me explain to you about the curse of the law. What in the world is that? Back in the Old Testament, God made an agreement with an old sheep herder named Abraham. He was an old man, and he had an old wife, and they didn 't have any children. and it 's a long and involved story that I don 't have time to tell. Here 's the simple truth of it. God made an agreement with Abraham called a covenant. And they shed blood. Now, what does that mean? You know, if you were ever a kid and you made Indian brothers with somebody, you know, when we were kids and you'd cut your finger and you'd rub your finger together and you'd become best friends for life and you became blood brothers or Indian brothers, when we were kids we would do that. Okay, that's what a covenant is. God made an agreement with Abraham. Here's what he told him. He said, Abraham, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to give you so many children that when you go out of your tent in the desert at night and look up at the stars and you see millions of stars, I'm going to give you that many children. Then when you go down to the beach and you see the sands, the grains of sand, I'm going to give you that many children. Now, he didn't mean physical children. He meant spiritual children. And here's the truth. You and I are the children of Abraham because we know Jesus Christ is our Savior. Then several hundred years later, this guy came along named Moses. And you know about Moses, right? He helped deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. They went out into the desert. They set up camp. Moses went up onto the mountain. He visited with God. God gave him the Ten Commandments or the law. And he came down from there and said, these are the rules that we were going to keep. Let me explain something to you. Very simple and very powerful. Here's the way the Old Covenant worked with the children of Israel. If you obeyed, you were blessed. If you disobeyed, you were cursed. You can go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, and you can read the list of blessings from obedience, and you can read the list of curses from disobedience. Now, listen very carefully. You and I are not in the Old Covenant We're in the new covenant. The old covenant has been done away with. We're not Jews. We're Gentiles. If you're trying to be a Jew and keep the law, you're trying to go to a party that you have not been invited to. Okay? You get it? We're not Jews, and we can't be Jews. But here's what Jesus did. Jesus hung on a tree. Now, not a real tree, but a cross made out of wood, right? One of the references to the cross in the New Testament is that it was a tree. And it says in that verse that Jesus took the curse for us. All right, let me explain that to you. What in the world does that mean, Pastor? Here's what it means. It means you get your cake and eat it too. Jesus took the curse of being disobedient to the law on himself and then gave you the blessing. Now here's what I want you to see. Christ bought me from the curse. You see, I owed a debt I couldn't pay. I tried to be obedient, but I couldn't be. I was always blowing it and making mistakes. You ever live like that? Before I have, Jesus came along and he said, hey, I'm going to buy you out of what you owe. I'm going to buy you out of the curse and I'm going to give you the blessing. So here's how it works. I don't get cursed, but I get blessed because of what Jesus did on the cross. Here's how the old covenant worked. It worked by obedience. Here's how the new covenant works. You and I are in the new covenant. You know how it works? It works by faith. You see, I appropriate the promises of God by simply believing and receiving. How did I get saved? Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. And would you please come into my heart and be my savior? And he said, I sure will. How did I receive the Holy Spirit? Hey, Lord, I didn't know there was a Holy Spirit, but somebody said there was one. I believe I'd like to have it. Can I have it? And he said, you sure can. I started talking in this funny language. Now, that's how it happened. Hey, Lord, I read in the Bible that when you were whipped before the cross, it says in 1 Peter 2, 24, that I could be healed and that you paid for my healing. And, Lord, I'd like to be healed. Well, okay, you can be healed. Hey, Lord, I've read in the Bible that I don't have to be discouraged or depressed because your joy is my strength. Lord, would you help me with some joy? I sure will. Everything in the kingdom you can have just that, like that. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to deserve it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to suffer for it. Are you with me? Okay, let me read to you one more time. Listen to what this says. Hang on here, let me get this thing working. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. It's written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. When Jesus hung on the cross, he was cursed for me that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. We're Gentiles, by the way, in Christ Jesus. Now, here's what I want you to see. The curse involved three things. Okay, if you were disobedient in the Old Testament, it involved three things. Here's what it was. One was poverty. The second was sickness, and the third was spiritual death. Poverty, sickness, and death. Okay, if you didn't obey God, you were promised poverty, you were promised sickness, and you were promised death if you lived in the old covenant. Jesus took that curse upon him. Did not the Bible say he died for us? He took the curse. So I don't get the curse of poverty. I don't get the curse of sickness. I don't get the curse of death. I get the blessings. Does that make sense to you? Christ redeemed me from the curse. He paid the price, so God takes care of me financially. He takes care of me physically. I have eternal life on the inside of me, and I'm going to spend eternity living with God. I don't get poverty. I don't get sickness. I don't get death. I get life and blessing and health and grace and strength and joy and peace. I have every bit of it. Pastor, how do I get that? You just simply believe and receive. It's not based on obedience. It's based on faith. There's a huge difference between the Old and the New Covenant. You know what the Old Covenant was supposed to do? Show you that you couldn't do it and point you to Jesus. That's all it was supposed to do. Hey, you can't do this on your own. You need a Savior. Yeah, I believe I do. I believe I'll have some of that, so I'm redeemed. Let me read the rest of it. It says that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. Now, if you know Jesus is your Savior, you're in Christ. that that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. How do you receive it? You simply receive it by faith. Listen, you get your cake and eat it too. Don't you love that? I love having my cake and eat it too. What does that mean? That means I don't get cursed, but I get blessed. Now, how many of you know Christians? And I know there's none of you in this room this morning. How many of you know Christians that when something bad happens to them, they say, I wonder what I did? I wonder why God's mad at me. I wonder, I wonder, or they have a neighbor that something happens to them. I had a girlfriend in high school, and she had two brothers, and they had a, a very serious skin condition. They were very sick. And one time they went to church, and when they visited this church, uh, a well-meaning person came up and said, Oh, my gosh, what did y'all do for this to happen to you? Okay, that's Old Covenant. That's Old Testament. Listen, if you've ever thought that before, you're living under the old covenant. Listen, I'm redeemed from the curse. Do I make mistakes? Yeah. You know what happens a lot of times? A lot of times the consequences in our life are not the devil or God. Let that soak in. A lot of times the consequences in your life are not the devil or God. You know who they are? Us. (laughs) Right? A lot of times things happen in our life because of the choices we make. Isn't that correct? but it's not God cursing you or punishing you, right? I heard somebody preach one time on the radio that, uh, you remember Hurricane Katrina, that God was using that to punish America. Folks, that's not in the Bible, okay? The punishment for sin was put on Jesus once and for all. Are you with me? It's billy goat religion. You know what billy goat religion is? Well, I know Jesus died, but. You know what billy goats do, right? They butt. Y'all wake up. What's wrong with y'all this morning? (laughs) Amen. They butt. Well, I know Jesus died, but. No, no, there's no buts. There's no ifs, there's no ands, there's no buts. I'm redeemed from the curse. I don't have to be poor and broke. I don't have to be sick and dying. And I'm spiritually alive in Christ Jesus and I don't have to be dead. And all I have to do is have it, is just step into it and say, I'll have some of that. Amen? Yes. Now, I want to read you another verse. I'm going to go to Galatians three twenty-nine, right down toward the end of the chapter. <clears throat> Excuse me. I want to read a few verses to you. Listen to this. This is so good. My gosh. This is like a medium rare porterhouse with a twice-baked potato with asparagus cooked in the oven with butter and lemon and pepper salt, a homemade cherry cobbler with homemade vanilla ice cream on top, and then a 45-minute nap in the recliner while golf is on. Glory to God. Woo! All right. 'all. All right. I got you now. All right. Listen to this, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And I could preach three weeks on that. Now, it's not up there because I moved ahead a little bit. That's all right. I'm going to get to the one that's going to be up there in just a minute. You're all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now, let me say something very important, okay? That's not specifically referring to water baptism. We believe in water baptism, and we're going to do a baptism coming up, and you should be baptized as a Christian. But what that saying is, is when I receive Jesus as my Savior, I put on Christ. Does that make sense? I'm baptized into Christ. Then you should be water baptized. Listen to it. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now listen, there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. We're all one in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? There's only one thing that qualifies you for the blessings of God. It's not being a woman. It's not being a man. It's not being Hispanic. It's not being black. It's not being white. It's not being a Jew. It's not being a Gentile. It's being born again. Now, see, there's a whole group of people in the church nowadays who are trying to keep the Jewish feasts. Okay, I had a person come up to me one time and say, you know Christianity's Jewish. Uh, I'm sorry, that's not what the book says. All right, let's do it one more time. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. None of that matters. You know what matters? Knowing Jesus. So if I know Jesus, I'm in Christ. And if I'm in Christ, listen to what the next verse says. Ah, uh, this is too good. I don't even want to give it to you. I can't give you three scoops of vanilla bean ice cream. It'll just make you sick. Right? Have you ever eaten ice cream so much it just made you sick? I don't know none of y'all have ever done that. Y'all need to get saved. My Lord Jesus. All right. And if you are Christ, how many of you in here are Christ? You know you know Christ. Man, I'm in Christ, right? But on the back row, y'all are in Christ. Amen? If you're in Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You know what one of my favorite words in the Bible is? The word heir. What does that mean? That means you're in line to inherit something. I've told you this before many times. My father passed away when I was 18. My mother got everything that he had. My mother passed away five years ago in February, and I inherited everything she had. My brother and I got everything she had, whether it was land, whether it was homes, whether it was money in the bank, whether it was cars. It did not matter what it was. It did not matter how little it was or how much it was. I received everything she had. I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. I got it because I'm her son. How did I become her son? I was born to her. Okay, I'm an heir of God. You're an heir of God. What does that mean? That means if you know Jesus is your Savior, you've been born into the kingdom, and everything God has belongs to you because you're his heir. Just let that sink in. Amen? You didn't know that you were rich. You sure hadn't been acting like it. You sure hadn't been talking like it, have you? Oh, we don't know what we're going to do. We're so broke. We don't know what we're going to do. Oh, we can't buy what we want. We can't have what we want. We don't know what we're going to do. You don't know who you are. You don't know who you are. I'm an heir of God, a joint heir with Christ Jesus. And Abraham's blessings are mine. We used to sing a song in kids' ministry. Then we sang it in church way back in the early days. Abraham's blessings are mine. Abraham's blessings are mine. I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the field. Abraham's blessings are mine. Abraham's blessings are mine. Abraham's blessings are mine. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Abraham's blessings are mine. Amen. Well, I thought that was just for the Jews. Pastor, that isn't for us. If you're Christ's, you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I'm redeemed from the bad and I get the good. Not because of what I've done, but because of what Jesus has done. I don't have to be poor, I don't have to be sick, and I don't have to be spiritually dead. Now, that may not mean a lot to you, but listen, when I was young, I, I mean, I grew up in a good home, and I was always taken care of as a child. Don't get me wrong. We had Christmas. We had birthdays. But when Vicky and I got married and we were young, we, I mean, we were broke. We didn't have a lot. I mean, we fought and kicked and scratched for everything we had. I mean, we would drive around in nice neighborhoods where I now live and think, how do people live in these neighborhoods? And then when I found out, oh, I don't have to live like this the rest of my life, it changed me. Then I grew up sick. I always had asthma. When I was a kid, I had asthma really bad. And, you know, they've made a lot of advances now with asthma. But back when I was a kid and had asthma, I couldn't play football. Because if I'd run out in the grass, I'd start wheezing and I couldn't breathe. And my mother would have to take me to the emergency room. Well, they had little pills that you would take for asthma. And when you would take it, it would take 30 or 45 minutes for it to start working. So if you had a bad asthma attack, you had to wait for it to begin to work. It was really bad. So I would sneak into the bathroom before I'd go outside to play and I'd take one. Just to get ahead of the game, I mean, so I wouldn't wheeze, so I could go outside and run and act like a wild Indian. Okay, you know, I'd wake up in the middle of the night and be having real bad asthma, and my mom would have to take me to the emergency room, and they would give me these shots, and then you had to drink four or five or six glasses of water. And I don't know why they did it that way, but you had to drink all this water after you got this shot. And this shot was like it's like it turned me into Iron Man. No, it turned me into the Hulk's what it turned me into. I would be a screaming lunatic. Because it would just make me bounce off the walls because it would be opening my lungs. Even after Vicky and I got married, I'd take these pills. I mean, you think I'm crazy now? I mean, pop me up with some asthma medicine, man. I'd run through the wall. I mean, I mean, my poor mother, my poor wife, my poor children. Okay, then I found out. You know what I found out? I don't have to be sick. And I'm so much better than I used to be. Oh, pastor, you grew out of it. Malarkey. I didn't grow out of nothing. I got redeemed, and Jesus healed me. And he, you see what I'm saying? I, man, that helped me. Then I found out I didn't have to die and go to hell. I don't know about you, but hell never excited me. Right? You ever seen those stickers on people's cars? You know, you, you know, I'm going to go to hell with all my friends and party. I got real bad news. The party's not going to be there. It's in the other place. Amen? So I, when I found out I didn't have to die and go to hell, it helped me out a lot. I'm, I'm, I was never excited about the I love the lake, but not the lake of fire. I don't know if there's boats on the lake of fire or not, but I don't want to find out. Amen? It changed us. It changed us. I'm redeemed from poverty. I'm redeemed from sickness. I'm redeemed from death. And in its place, I get blessings. I get health, and I get spiritual life. I'm alive in Christ Jesus Jesus took my curse, my debt's been paid, I'm square with God, and I'm welcome in the front door, I get in the refrigerator, I drive Daddy's Hummer, I use his boat, I go to his lake, I hang out at his pool. Amen? Does your God have all that stuff? Or does he live in a little cabin in the corner of glory? No. He's got it all, amen? Amen? And I belong to him and you belong to him. Y'all stand up and let's pray. That's a good word, y'all. That is a good word. I'm redeemed from poverty, sickness, and death. Jesus took the curse upon me. You know, the Lord always talks to me and tells me the craziest things. You know, I don't know why. The other day I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, why is the universe so big? You know, you can get online and read how big the universe is. It's mind-boggling. I said, Lord, why is the universe so big? He said, so we'll have plenty of room to play. Yeah. We were at Lake McKenzie the other day, and I had my life jacket on. I'm in the water, bobbing like a frog in the water. I love the lake. And I said, Lord, I love swimming. He said, wait till you see the swimming here. Amen? God's good. He's our daddy. Don't you love to entertain your kids and be good to them? Right? Amen, y'all. Let's pray. Father, I love you. I'm so glad that you're our father. It's so good to know that you're good and that you love us. Father, as much as my daddy loved me, you love me more. You love me so much you sent your own son, my brother, Jesus, to die for me. Thank you that we're redeemed today, that Christ took that curse. When he hung on that cross, he was cursed for me. I'm not cursed. I'm not ever going to be cursed because I'm redeemed Father, I'm thankful that we're free from poverty, from sickness and death, and that no matter where we are in life, God, our future is bright, and we have hope because you're our God. Lord, lead us and guide us just like you always do. In this In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Amen. Y'all go and be blessed. Y'all have a great rest of your weekend. We love y'all.